Dependence starts when we are born and lasts until we die. We accept our dependence as babies, and ultimately, with varying degrees of resistance, we accept help when we get to the end of our lives. But in the middle of our lives, we mistakenly fall prey to the myth that successful people are those that help rather than need, and broken people need rather than help. Brene Brown. Bending, not breaking. The Dragon Prince Edition. Episode 8. The Cursed Caldera. Breaking the Dragon Prince Edition. This is episode 8, and we are so excited that you are with us. This episode is being released primarily for our Patreon supporters, and so if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you so, so much for supporting us to this point. We are truly, truly grateful, and honestly, we probably still wouldn't be working on this project without your support. So again, we are grateful. We're grateful that we get to continue, and we're grateful that you're enjoying this enough to support us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Eventually, this episode will make it out to our non-Patreon listeners, and I just want everybody to know that we appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast as well, because you are supporting us in a way that if not financially you're supporting us by by listening and sharing and giving us reviews there's just a lot of ways that you're helping us out and so we're appreciative of you as well and for being a part of this community if you're only here for the dragon prince thank you for checking out the podcast let me know what you think uh we have uh, lots of cool stuff that we'd love to hear your uh, opinion on. Also, we have several seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and all of those episodes have special guests, including authors, voice actors, mental health professionals, and more. And, you know, if you like these episodes of The Dragon Prince, I'm hopeful that you'll enjoy those too. So thank you for checking them out. All right, okay. Now that we have some of our announcements out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the joy of the episode. So... Today we're talking about dependency, and I find it interesting how dependence is mostly thought of as a negative, but being dependable is thought of positively, and there's this interesting relationship there. It strike me, strikes me that this is a relationship that has a lot of potential to cultivate shame, and I, I want to be thought of as independent, but I also need to be dependent on others in order to be successful, like for instance relationships, inter-teamwork, teamwork, and there's just and many other examples. So it seems like there's just this unhealthy goal of not needing anyone, while also at the same time balancing this need to need people. <laughs> and, and and I think that what that leads to is potentially pushing others away in order to achieve this this ideal of of perfection of not needing to depend on anyone and y'all i i really hate asking for help i like being self-sufficient and honestly this this makes me judge others a bit when they ask me for help and i i don't love that about me i'm 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 really grappling with this and i've definitely been grappling with it over the past year so naturally i'm i'm miserable at giving myself grace enough to lean into dependency and i've 
I've always felt this visceral need to be independent. I'm not sure exactly where I learned that from other than just the culture that we live in. And this year I received a strong lesson in the pandemic uh, on the beauty of depending on others. I lost my job working in the restaurant that I was working in because of the pandemic. And then I applied for unemployment. And there's that need there of like, I need help. And I had to rely on on the system that exists. And thankfully, it was able to support me. It helped me receive money to pay the bills. To be fair, I wasn't saving enough money for graduate school like I'd hoped to be doing. But, you know, I was I was living and I was I was existing and paying my bills, right? So that was important. And then I got a job through graduate school that helped fund me through my summer and into the school year, but I was spending more than I was taking in, and my savings dwindled to the point where I realized that to be able to go into this next semester, I would need to ask for for help. I would need to be dependent on, on others. And, you know, I have six siblings, and I have always been, you know, judgmental whenever they asked for help from my parents or from my mother specifically because you know she is already living frugally but she lives frugally in order to support her loved ones and I choose to live frugally so I don't have to ask for help it's just a different lens and like she accepts gifts and kindnesses and support and I distance myself from ever needing to ask for those things so as not to burden others and so our mindsets are just completely different and even though accepting help has been modeled for me by my mother I still struggle with accepting help because dependence just feels so vulnerable. And as you might expect from this story, I got to the point of needing to ask for help to to get through this semester. And I already feel like I'm drowning in work from school and getting a job feels inaccessible to me, not to mention my mental health has been deteriorating because of financial anxiety, because of school anxiety, because of pandemic anxiety, because of anxiety for anxiety's sake. And I got to a point where I was, I I had to ask for help. I, and I, that happened in a multiple ways. I just, there was this boundary that I crossed of, okay, I need a therapist. Okay, I need to ask for financial support. Okay, I need to ask for community support. Okay, I need to lean on my friends. And I'm just so blessed because the community came through and I received this help and I received mercy and grace from from so many different facets of my life and I am in this betwixt experience of feeling anxiety that now I owe them but also just this relief I have of being able to know that I have something that I can lean on in this time of need and I'm just interested in learning from this episode how to better grapple with the dependence and how to lean into vulnerability of needing others. And I'm just excited to dive into that with you. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't claim to have any answers and I don't claim to, you know, I don't know, but this is my experience with dependency recently and it's not fully fleshed out, but I do, I did want to share just so you had some context of where my mind is as I, as I process this episode. But before we really dive in, we have to go through an episode recap, and I'm going to do my best to do it in a succinct amount of time. So here we go. It's time for episode eight's recap, The Curse Called Vera, on my mark. <laughs> Get set. Go. 
Okay, so the dragon finds Ellis and Ava, and they go in search of the miracle healer at the top of the Curse Caldera, and Ellis is like, unimaginable, terrible things, and Callum's like, well, we have to plan for them, and Ezrin's like, but don't we have to be imaginable in order to plan? And then Callum's like, oh my god, flash, woof, zap, slash, because then they realize that the spell's word is fulminous, and they figured it out, Thunderspell, yeah, cool, 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 and so then they cut to Viren and Runan, and he's like, still no eat or drinky, and then they cut back to the dragon, and then there's a giant leech, and then the plan fails, and then they wait, they comfort each other, the plan works, then they cut back to Viren, and then you know, he brings the mirror to Runan and he says, you have found something worse than death. And then Runan's like, no way, Jose. And then Viren traps him in a coin after some screaming. And then Grin, you know, he was hungry before and now he's hungry and terrified of Viren because he comes out all scary. And then go back to cut to Ezrin and then he relays the news that there is no healer. <gasps> oh man, there's so much that happens in this episode. I actually found it myself tearing up a few times that I didn't expect it just because I think it's just my mental state right now, but it's just so beautiful how they rely on one another in a way that I struggle so hard. So let's, let's talk about a few. Let's go into our top five moments of dependence as it relates to this episode. And you might have a different top five and I'd love to hear about it. And I'll give you a chance to send those into a, an email later. I'll give you all the deets. But first, my number one, and again, this isn't an order of uh, importance, but rather just, you know, however it fell on my page. The first one I want to talk about is this dependence throughout the episode on this miracle healer that may or may not exist. And so the, the team has exhausted all other routes to cure the dragon egg. And so they are depending on a dangerous even cursed route, right? And it strikes me that they could give up. Like, they could have said, oh, well, that's all we can do. And instead, they chose to make the tough choice of, of continuing on to this dangerous mountain. And I think I just, I really admire their, their bravery and their sense of morality because they didn't even really question not going. They, they just went on and I just blessings to all three of them for doing what they believe to be right and and same thing for Ellis and Ava for for showing up and guiding them on their way I, I just think it's really beautiful that oftentimes we get into this narrative that says like we, we don't have to do this like this is all I can do like I'm gonna put my safety ahead of this dragon egg and I don't know that we could have faulted them for that and I just the ethical dilemma here is is fascinating, and I, I'm curious, how do we navigate how to make this choice? Because based off what we see in this episode, it's they made the right choice to continue on, and that's I think that's because they had the capacity to beat this giant leech, but I don't know. There's just a, a big ethical quandary that I just find really interesting as I, as I think about this moment. And so I'm grateful for, for this group, for showing us what what courage looks like and what choosing um, danger might look like for the sake of the the whole world for the sake of the dragons and I just find it really interesting so that's my first one my second one is there's just so much dependence on the on the group as they climb this mountain uh, like th there's these several scenes of like pulling up pulling each other up and working together to uh, climb and depending on each other keeps them safe, right? Dependence feels more vulnerable sometimes, and independence feels more vulnerable at some times. Like I, I feel like they would have been open to more harm and danger by not 
depending on each other, right? And so how do we going how do we go through our lives navigating those times and find that balance of when to be dependent and when to be independent? And I'm I'm not sure that I have an answer. I'm just I'm I'm curious and this is something that this scene sparked in me and you know, it gets to the point where the team pauses during the sunset and, you know, this honey painted with honey sunset that's Avis or Ellis says and it's just gorgeous and they discuss this strategy. They would come up with a strategy for upcoming battles. And again, they have to depend on each other to survive. And so I just, I see this uh, natural gut instinct for dependence here. And I find it really, really intriguing that there's, um, this community is so reliant on one another in order to, to, to succeed. And so I think that's important, which kind of segues into my third point, which is the, the idea and concept of plans. <laughs> so let's talk about plans. Um, when we depend on plans that then go awry, we, we've got to find a, a backup plan, right? We're, we're more, we are more susceptible to negative experiences when we don't have backup plans. And so I, I, this is the in, <laughs> independent person in me. I, okay, I want to have plan A, I want to have plan B, and if that doesn't work, I want to have plan C, just so I can be fully, I know exactly what's going to happen. And this is, is this idea that we, we can plan, uh, be certain, right? That we, like, we have to have this rainy day strategy. We have to have this, like, well, what if the plan doesn't work? And the problem with that is you, you can't plan for everything. And this is something that I've had to learn. <laughs> like, we, we can't plan for everything. We can't out-plan life. And we can have a plan A and a plan B, but... And I think that that's even helpful, right? But I, but I think that when we get into over-planning, that's when it gets dangerous. And it, it can be just as dangerous as going in with no plan, right? So I think it's this interesting balance, right, of how do you plan for the unimaginable terrors that are coming our way and then when we are able to define what those terrors are how how can we plan right and i think it's a little bit of both so i just i I think that it's interesting we want to be dependent on our plans but we want to be flexible enough to uh rely on our 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 skills that we can um adapt to whatever comes our way and so it's interesting we want to be able to rely on not necessarily the plan itself, but our, our capacity to adapt in a way. And so I just find that really interesting. And I, I found that to be uh, pretty poignant because we see this plan fail, right? Like the the, the plan fails and they uh, end up climbing a tree and sitting and they, they plan from there and we do see them adapt. It's really, it's really beautiful. They come back and then, you know, the time for the plan comes again and Callum shows himself proves himself to be a really good leader he's like all right we're gonna make it work this time and they depend on Callum in this moment because he's uh, walking them through the plan in a way that didn't work the first time and it kind of leads to just experience and and failure gives us a chance to learn from our mistakes right and so becoming dependent upon our prior experience right which almost gives us this weird experience of like I need to depend on my my failures, right? On on what I learn from my failures in order to to succeed in the future. Okay, all right. So uh, my number four, number four, 
Uh, Grin is ignored by Viren, and Viren is dependent on Runan for information, right? He has an elf he's captured, and, like, he doesn't need Grin. Grin's just there because, uh, for, like, convenience, right? And so he doesn't need Grin, so he ignores him. Uh, like, Grin's like, hey, yo, I'm hungry. I would love some Zadian fruit. And I'm, I'm this really just makes me curious because does this suggest that we give more attention uh, to those things that we depend on, those the people that we depend on? And I, and I think the answer is yes. But does that mean that we should be giving our attention to only the people we're dependent on? I, I wonder... How do we determine where our attention should go? Like, where is the line, right? And so, does that mean that we should be giving attention to others too? And in in other words, when we see others as something we need as a means to an end, are we more likely to give them the the dignity and the humanity that they deserve? And then I wonder, does dependence humanize? So when we when we need others. Is are we more likely to treat them with as as human, right? And so we, like Viren is denying the dignity of Grin when he is hungry, and I just I really worry about this. How do we? I, I wonder if like when we see people as somebody we can depend on, I wonder if that enables us to treat others more effectively and so does uh seeing a stranger as something that someone i can depend on give me an opportunity to uh not cast them off as a stranger but rather as a as a member of the community a member of the a member of humanity and 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 this works with non-humans too like how do we I am dependent upon the food that I eat. I am dependent upon the the environment that I am in. How do I am I more likely to treat it with respect and kindness and dignity if I am dependent upon it? And so I, I wonder if we need to start connecting for people how dependent we are on the things that are being mistreated. For instance, you know, environment and climate change. If we can connect people to to their dependency on those things. I wonder if we would be treating it more respectfully. Um, I don't. I don't know. But then again, you know, he, like <laughs> case in point, I'm not sure that this works because Viren, as I said, was dependent on Runan, right, for information, and so he tries to starve him out. <laughs> like he he threatens him, and um, when we need something that's within our power to dis- like it's within our power to decide how we achieve it. When we need something, it's within our power to decide how we achieve it. And, you know, Viren's like, well, I'm going to find something worse than death. And he then chooses to turn Renan into a coin. And so I don't know that that's treating him with humanity, even though he kind of needed his information. So I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself in circles because I don't know that I have an answer. But I think there's this interesting line of dependency and community give us an opportunity to treat people with more humanity. And sometimes when we need something from someone, if we can find it elsewhere, we can cast someone off and turn them into a coin. So I don't know. I I find this to be troubling. And this, this interdependence between 
the varying needs between Viren and Runan and, and, and Grin. Um, there's a, a lot of things to consider in terms of dependence there. So thanks for indulging me in that conversation. Lastly, my, my number five is I want to talk about this interspace that, uh, that happened after the plan failed the first time. And we have Callum and Ellis and Ava on, on one peak of a rock. And then we have Ezrin and Rayla in a tree. And these, these pairings lead to, like, Rayla is expressing her negative self-talk. And it's really just a shame-based conversation where she's like, I'm the worst, I always do something wrong. And Ezrin is just so comforting. And, and I'm... I'm curious, is this dependence? Is is she leaning in and depending on Ezrin with her feelings? Is this vulnerability that she's sharing a um, a type of depending on Ezrin? And and similarly, Callum is having negative self-talk as well with, with Ellis and expressing his uh, vulnerability and his dependence upon the primal stone, uh, which is which is causing him to feel like less agency and less confidence and Ellis and Ezrin are just spectacular at, at comforting Callum and Rayla. And I find that when we're dependent on others and there's a, a follow-through and they allow you to lean on them, there is a strengthening of relationship and there's a strengthening of, of confidence because it's only after this conversation that Callum steps up as this leader in this moment of, of, of conflict with this giant leech that he's able to rely on his confidence and rely on his plan. And I, and I wonder if that's partially due to his conversation. And similarly with Rayla, I wonder if she's able to continue to choose Ezrin over her hand <laughs> because of Ezrin's, you know, not only his dependence on her, but her ability to depend on him. So I just, I find it really, really beautiful. And there's just a lot there. So those are my top five. And I'd love to hear from, from yours. Like what are, what are some moments of dependence that you notice in this episode? Or, or maybe uh, I asked some questions that you want to reflect on and you can, you can send us a voicemail, keep it under two minutes if you can to the arc of E at gmail.com and what we'll do is we'll we'll listen and if it is um, a question that you want us to respond to we'll probably put it on the podcast and have a conversation about it so thanks all for for uh, being with me during this time we're going to take a short musical interlude and be right back in your earbuds for some uh, our final finer cool things Alrighty then, it is time for our 
our Lens MVP. Welcome back to our final two segments. We have our Lens MVP, and then we, of course, end on our gratitude. But before we get there, we want to talk about our Lens MVP. So the Lens MVP, for those of you who need a reminder, is this is the person who is like the most valuable player in terms of the Lens today. So they might have, they doesn't mean they Um, It might be that they did it really, 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 really well, or really, 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 really not well. Um, But they kind of exemplified some sort of uh, lens here. And so I'm I'm curious for who's the dependency MVP. And I'm going to give it to to Callum. This is my nomination for the lens MVP, because just what a beautiful example of leadership uh, from him. He incorporates everyone's strengths and gifts into his plan. He is engaging everyone in the strategy, and it's something that I'm hopeful that when I lead, that I can channel this energy. I want to make sure that that everyone feels their strengths being valued and as integral to our success. And and Callum just does such a good job of incorporating everyone, and I, I, I find that to be extraordinarily helpful in terms of allowing everyone to depend on one another. And so his his cultivation of dependency and interdependence is, is really beautiful. So he gets my nomination for the Lens MVP. If you would like to nominate someone, you can send us a voicemail. Again, the RQB at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on, uh, you can you know nominate someone on Twitter, or you can join our now open Facebook page to anyone who listens to the podcast. Tweet us your nomination uh and give us a little explanation too we, we we'd love to to hear about your nominations for the lens mvp and why okay now finally our gratitude session and i am so grateful for rayla in this episode uh, for one her humor is glorious and i revel in it but, but perhaps more importantly i am so grateful for how she continues to choose ezrin over her hand and we should never have to make a choice like that, but she chooses Ezrin's life over a literal body part, and I just, a blessing on anyone who has made a choice in their past that put them in a position to make a decision like this, um, because I, it's just unimaginable, and I, I feel for her, so I am grateful for Rayla. Okay. Y'all, you can find us at bnb underscore pod uh, on Patreon. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. And thank you to the Arc of E for hosting this podcast. Alex Mayfield, my co-host, Noah Blanchard, our executive producer, Kira Martin, our social media coordinator. And then finally, Max Gongware, who is, you know, pretty great. Okay, that's a wrap. Until next time, be well and do good.